Welcome to this week's episode of Content Creation Made Easy. I'm your host, Jen Liddy, and today I'm talking to Dr. Natalie Masson. The reason I'm asking Natalie to come on the show is she's kind of an expert, in my opinion, about challenges. And I've actually been in her programs. She teaches people how to do challenges. She also has another arm to her business where she works in the health and wellness and fertility field. But she manages somehow to manage both of these arms of her business, which I find fascinating because I'm like always, you know, like ready to just take a nap with just my one focus in my business. And I asked Natalie to come on because when it comes to challenges, I think that when we think about the content that's needed to lead up to the challenge, the content that's needed in the challenge, the content that's needed after the challenge, I feel like it can be really overwhelming, tiring for people. I feel like it needs to be a high energy thing. But when I watched from the inside as Natalie did this, I was like, she is busting myths and changing paradigms and doing it differently. And I wanted to talk today about how can we do challenges and make our content great without feeling like we have to be flattened against the wall or take a nap when we're over. So Natalie, I really appreciate you being here and I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. Thank you for having me, Jen. It's super exciting to be here and have a chance to share some of the things I've been figuring out over the last three years or so of offering challenges Mm -hmm. over and over again and just refining them. And like you said, busting through the assumptions, the myths, about what it needs to look like, because I found that a lot of those things just aren't true. Can you give us a brief overview of your business? Because like I said, you kind of have these two arms and it's not like they compete with each other. They're just separate. And I'm curious as a multi-passionate person, how you manage that. And then I would love to talk then to jump in about like how you kind of dismantle our beliefs about challenges. Yeah. So I guess I could say that I don't really manage at all. (laughs) What you're saying about you can't imagine doing more than <laughs> right, your one right. focus. I can't either. And I really only manage one side of them well. So to give a little bit of background, I'm a clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. And this is my second career. I was first an engineer and quickly went back to school to learn what I really wanted to do, which was psychology, helping people, service providing, one-on-one therapy. And that's what I've done. That's been my primary thing for the last Mm -hmm. 20 years until about three years ago when I decided I wanted to, no, not three, about six Mm -hmm. years ago, I decided I wanted to make my way into the online course world because I want to be able to reach more people than I ever could one-on-one with people Mm -hmm. in my office. So that kind of started that path out. And then I envisioned that I was going to create content for teaching mind-body wellness, emotional healing, mindfulness-based works, breathing practices. These were the things that I was teaching all the time in psychotherapy that I wanted to get out to the world. In the midst of that, I had some bumps in the road on our way to conceiving our second child and discovered just how stressful the fertility struggles path Mm -hmm. could be and leaned into the coping strategies that I had been teaching to my clients. And it helped me so much that I felt like this is the niche that I could start with in my online business is helping people learn these things for fertility. Because I'd heard everything about you need a niche down so that you have a clear audience that's more focused than 
hey, do you want to feel well? (laughs) (laughs) That's a little broad. So I went for the more narrow fertility niche, starting with helping people dealing with the kinds of issues that I was dealing with, which was having children later in life and egg quality issues. So I started very narrow there. And after I was building out that course and building that audience for a while, I realized that they needed, my audience needed much more help with the stress management. Stress was just through the roof. And I really want to teach those skills. And that's where I was learning. I was in a course to learn how to build a membership and the way to build your audience and get people in and sell your membership that was being taught was the four video launch series. And the thought of creating four videos where I promoted my stuff was Mm -hmm. horrifying to me because I was super camera Mm -hmm. shy at the time. I didn't have video editing skills and it just seemed like you have to be Mm -hmm. a Hollywood producer to really pull this off. (laughs) So, and I thought, I don't really want to talk about my program. I just want people to do these exercises with me. And my theory was if they can feel the benefits inside themselves, not me telling them how it can help them, but it's them doing it and seeing like, wow, I feel different. I feel better. Can I get more of this? That was my idea. And at the time, this was 2018, 2018, 2019, challenges were becoming all the thing. Five-day challenge, seven-day challenge. I said, okay, challenge. We'll do a challenge. And so I was like, I'll just do a tiny little teaching for them to participate in. I'm not going to deliver it live on Facebook or something like that. I'm just going to record the movement practice or the audio meditation and let them follow along. So that was my first experiment in using a challenge style format in terms of show up every day and do something with me. And then I'm going to offer you my next thing. How did that experiential approach translate for you? It was dynamite. Like (laughs) (laughs) I think back to that first challenge that I created and I was doing it in real time in the sense that two days before it was going to be released, I was filming, recording, editing to get that next lesson Mm -hmm. ready. And then I'd wait and see like, how is this going to work? Are people actually going to do it? Are they going to leave comments? Is this mm-hmm. going to work? And over the course of the week, I was just, just blowing my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, people are doing it. They love it. They're sharing about it. They're excited together. And there was this incredible synergy and transformation. And I thought, well, I, I originally thought I'm just making drafts. I'll make them better later mm-hmm. for the lessons. Mm-hmm. But it worked so well the first time. I was like, well, why why redo it? I already have it. And so I rinsed and repeated it. I just duplicated the course. I was doing it in a course Mm -hmm. platform. I duplicated the course, changed the dates and the links, and did it again like two months later. (laughs) Then I did it again two months later because it was – and each time I would refine Mm -hmm. it a little bit. And at some point, I kept watching other people doing – these more typical challenge events where they have to show up every yes. single day, the live, and there's this crazy Facebook group and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there going, I'm just reusing the same content and it flies every time. It worked the first time, the second, third time. And I just kept going and I'm like, 
I felt like everybody else is suffering over there. Like it's very depleting, not for everybody, but I think for a lot of us to show up and put out that live yeah. energy and a few times, but like five times yes. or seven times yep. every single day, I think it's it, for me, that would be really yeah. exhausting. So I felt then like I've got this secret. I need mm-hmm. to share it with other creators because they're killing themselves and mm-hmm. I'm not killing myself delivering this thing that I now I just like rinse and repeat it. So that was when I created my rinse and repeat challenges workshop and just offered it to people in my creator yeah. community. So I never really like officially built out that brand and developed it into a profit channel of my business. I just honestly wanted to share and show people like, you don't have to do it that way. There's so many different ways to do this and check this out. And I wanted to really see if other people would take the ball and run with it in their niche. And there was somebody who has a gardening membership who applied similar principles and is rinsing, repeating every year. Rick Stone does his seed starting challenge in the spring. And then he does a different challenge in, you know, later oh, in the spring. You know, so he's applying the formula to work in, to match his niche. But he's yeah. got all pre-recorded and rolls out that content, <laughs> the same content that he made last year, he'll do next spring. I love that this, a lot of this is automated. So once it's done, once it's done, I love the other thing I'm hearing you say is like, you really leaned away from perfectionism. Like that, that thing about like, oh, I had to re-record it, I had to edit it. I had to make it super flashy. Like you just, you let that go. And then the rinsing and repeat. I love that you haven't gotten bogged down in building out the brand that you have to teach your rinse and repeat method to online creators because your you know your main business is your wellness fertility work and this is somehow people stumble upon you and it's working for you and you're very generous when you're teaching and you're so like you're just very open hearted it's very easy to follow along with you and work with you i have no idea how i ever stumbled upon you but i think you're giving if somebody's listening to this there's a lot of permission happening here right it doesn't need to be branded within an inch of its life it doesn't need to be you know edited and super tight like you're just kind of showing up as yourself, which I think is incredibly important as we market and create content. Yeah. You know, in fact, on day four of my seven day challenge for fertility, I had this idea to wear a a shirt. It was a t-shirt I had gotten. It had uh, an image of a dream catcher on it. I'm more aware now about mm-hmm. cultural appropriation. I probably would have not chosen to have or wear that t-shirt, <laughs> but that was 2019. I was wearing that shirt and I was running to work going, oh, like, you know, it was symbolizing manifesting your dreams, letting yourself have dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so important in the fertility community is like not getting shut down by all the negativity and the naysayers right. and being able to even have that hope and that joy and that openness for what it is that you're pursuing. And I was like, oh, I wonder, I don't actually know the meaning behind dream catchers. And so I, I looked at Googled it before I did my video and it was about, you know, dream catchers in Native American culture were thought to create, keep bad spirits away from babies and they would hang them over babies' cradles. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's just perfect. Mm. That's perfect. And so at the end mm, right. of the recording for the practice that I was teaching that day, uh, breathing, opening your breathing spaces practice, I 
talked about that. I said, you know, I want to share something about the shirt that I'm wearing. And every time I tried to say it, I would start crying. A dream catcher is... (laughs) I get choked up. (laughs) I couldn't get through. (sighs) I have all this footage of me retaking that, trying to just get through Mm -hmm. it. And I cut it so that I got through it without crying all over myself. (laughs) And then I took that piece and I added it as an extras for that day so that oh yeah I could share you know th- this is what's really happening for me behind the scenes mm-hmm. like this is how much I care about and understand where you are I feel what you're feeling on this path mm-hmm. and I've kept that as an extras section and that is like that's I love way, it. And it was so, so spontaneous, right? You're talking about you don't need to be so edited mm. and perfect. So that was a way for me to kind of have it yeah. both ways. I did the edited version and then I shared the raw behind the scenes so that they could know me and they could see that this isn't all mm-hmm. scripted. You know, this is a human being mm-hmm. walking alongside they probably with eat you. It up. They probably love it. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, yeah. I wouldn't try to remanufacture that. I'm just going to share, you know, this is what happened the first time I (laughs) tried to create this work is very personal, very emotional. And so I think a lot of people think, you know, this is one of the myths. You have to be live Mm -hmm. to get that really strong Mm -hmm. presence and engagement. And I think there's a, there's another version of that. Like, well, there are so many ways that you can create that authentic connection. And that's one example of, you're doing it live one time. It's between you and the camera. You're live. That <laughs> first time it's live. Right. And if you catch those moments, they're raw and so spontaneous and authentic. You can repurpose. You can use those. And people feel like they're live with you. And everybody who, in my challenge who watches that, they're all crying too. If I rewatch it, I'll cry again mm-hmm. too. Because I captured mm-hmm. that moment that was live. It was just me in the room with my camera, right. but it was live right then. It was live, right. it was fresh, but it didn't have to be me sitting on Facebook with a hundred people out there at the same moment in time. We're reliving that moment yeah. recorded. Yeah. On your own time, in your pajamas, at whatever time works for you. If you don't have it, you know, two o'clock Eastern time available, you can do it. And so I think that's another one of the myths that like everybody needs to be on there at the same time. Yeah. What I'm curious about is I know that you host it on a course site mm-hmm. and that's where everything lives. So how do people interact with you if they're not showing up live, if you're not doing it on a Facebook live or a Facebook group or on a live Zoom call? How how do they get that like sense that there's a community happening and that they have access to you? Yeah, uh, great question. So I have it set up so that they leave comments after. They're encouraged to leave comments after after mm-hmm. they do their practice. And so they okay. leave their comment, they can read all the other comments. And I'm training them to do that from the very first time they come into the course. So the very first page mm-hmm. is, hey, I'm glad that you're here. Let us know with a hello and some emojis that you're here. I'm in, let's do this. It's like, make it very easy for people to comment at first, so that mm-hmm. they just break through the ice of, okay, I'm commenting. And so that serves a number of purposes. They learn how to leave a comment. They see that other people are leaving comments, that's social proof. And I will take pictures 
uh, screenshots of those comments without the names. And I'll use that while Mm -hmm. I'm selling the program, while I'm pitching it before we start. I'll send so people can see, Mm -hmm. oh, look, other people are in there. They're engaging. There's activity in here. And it's not in a Facebook group. Like people have a little trouble at first figuring out like, what do you mean it's not in a Facebook group? I don't know what's happening, but this helps them see how to do that. And so when they get to, I have a bunch of prep content assessments and things, tell us about yourself and people share. I don't know if it's somewhat unique to my fertility community, but actually I, I've done a version of this for wellness and people also share. So yeah, it works across niches and I have about half of the people sharing and engaging throughout the week. Half of those who registered will continue to share and engage throughout the week. So they see their own comments and each other's comments. They can reply to each other. And then as far as my Mm -hmm. presence, I will reply to some comments enough that I'm catching things that I'm concerned about, things where people need more support. Mm -hmm. They can just see that I'm there and they're not just you're off on your own. Have fun. Right. Right. I've seen right, just right. like that where no moderator is around and it's just a free for all. <laughs> you're like, yes, I have seen that is too. Is there a driver of this boat? You know, <laughs> where are we going? Yes. So they can see that I'm there. And as time permits, I create what I call coaching feedback videos. So I'll try to do this the day before we start. I try to do an intro. Welcome, everybody. This is our June. 2024 mm-hmm. event so that they know that it, it's not just thrown out there. I mentioned a few right. names. I see so-and-so and people are here from Australia and New Zealand and this all oh, name the countries that people are logging in from to help them connect with each other. And then after the first day, I'll try to do a feedback video where I say, okay, this is where I see some of you getting stuck and I'll comp- refer to specific comments. I'll quote things that people are saying so they can see that I'm there. This you know, in the ideal world, I would do a little 10 minute feedback every single day. That's what I would love to do. Mm-hmm. The reality is I'm juggling, <laughs> I'm spinning all the plates. I have two kids that I'm homeschooling. Sure. We're driving back and forth to school. All these things are happening in my life while this is going on. Sure. So I'll be lucky if I do two feedback videos during the week. And, you know, but then again, I figure... I'm charging $39 for this week-long immersion. And that's another thing we did not establish. Yeah. I totally forgot to say your challenges are paid. Yes. Yes. So the very first one I Let's did. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's so, <laughs> there's so many of these myths that I love to mm-hmm. break. Yes. Poke, 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 yes, poke, 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 poke. So the first one was free because <laughs> I was like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Let's just see if anybody will try this. And that will be my learning to see how it goes. And because it went so well, I just thought it doesn't feel good for me to deliver this much value for free. I really feel like it's worth a small investment from people. So I started with 19 and that was going so well. Eventually I went to 29 and then 39. So now I offer it for 39. And so it's not, I energetically don't think of it as, the freebie to get a quick sampling of what I do. I have a lot of free content out. I have a YouTube channel with meditations. I have freebie to PDF downloads with lots of great information. 
And so I don't feel like I need to put another thing out that has no charge for people to get a sense. There's plenty of ways for them to experience my work with no charge. And Mm -hmm. then I feel like when I do charge for this, I have that front end commitment that someone's really intending to be here and they're not just going to lose their password. I mean, that's still going to happen, but I'd rather put the energy into a group that is said, yes, the next seven days, I really want to do this. I feel like I'm I'm getting the cash flow on the front end too. And so I don't have that feeling of, wow, all these people got so much and then they just wandered off. Because even with really good conversions, the majority of people are still not going to go to the next program. Sure. Even with really good conversions. That's just like how it is. Yeah. Like when I was That's how it is in the online world. Yeah. And it's like anything. If you're standing out of the food court with food samples, people are going to try it and only a minority are going to go and buy the thing. And that's okay. You've decided that that balances out. But when I was offering a low ticket membership, like $29.39 a month, I was getting 40 to 44% converting from my paid Mm -hmm. challenge into the next thing. And eventually I changed to a a more like a mid-ticket course, but it's still a membership. Mm-hmm. It's right now it's $4.99 to go into the next thing. And then it's a membership fee after that. So it's a much gotcha. higher price point to come in, right? It's not a casual to come in investment. Yeah. And that now I convert typically you know, it's at 18 to 25%. So it went down because it's still amazing commitment. numbers. But it's still a really good conversion based on what I hear from other people's launch debriefs. And having that commitment up front that they're investing up front does yield higher, higher conversions in the end. And yes. I like doing that because I do have enough of an audience that I can fill a challenge. If I don't have enough mm-hmm. audience to sell the challenge, I would do it free for a while just to make sure I was getting people mm-hmm. in there to sample it and help mm-hmm. me improve it, to build my audience. And but get some because, social proof. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But because I have a fairly strong audience base coming from my YouTube channel, it just energetically feels better for me to sell that as this is a service. It's not just a marketing pitch. And a lot of times free stuff, well, you know, it's like how much are you going to give away free without it being embedded into your marketing? And so that actually is another myth that I kind of bust in mind is we're taught that when you're doing one of these promotional events, you need to start pitching about halfway to two thirds of the way through or all the way through. You should always oh, be yes. telling them about your next thing and seeding it and teasing it. And on day four, you start hitting them with all of the, this is why you need to do the next thing. And I have fully like blown that myth <laughs> up because Yay. I just don't <laughs> pitch at all. In fact, when people start asking, when do they? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask, when do they start hearing about, like, is it because they've said, like, I want more of this? I've got skin in the game. I put money in. I've showed up every day and I've done the experiential things that you've provided. I'm starting to feel good. I'm starting to see a transformation. And does that lead to that? It's almost like, like, a, like, oh my God, I'm trusting my audience. I'm trusting people yes. to actually make a decision without me having to have all of these machinations about like starting to pitch halfway through. That is exactly the key. That is what has guided me mm-hmm. to strip away and mm-hmm. strip away the 
rhetoric about just a lot of the rituals about how we think we need to sell, like because people can't figure yeah. out that they might want right. anything. And so we think we better get that offer in there before they go off to the next thing in their inbox. And right. I've tested this, like I've stripped back more and more to where mm. if somebody's asking about the next thing, I say, please stay with this process, finish this mm. out. All my teachings are about mindfulness in the present moment. Let's be here. We're going to finish <laughs> through day seven. And I trust, trust me, we'll talk about the other stuff later, but I want you to be here. I don't want you to be thinking about the next mm. thing. So I'm modeling what I'm teaching them too. We're staying here and we're trusting. I'm trusting <laughs> that if I deliver well and you experience this, you'll want to hear about the next thing. So yeah. I don't start pitching until after day seven and we close it out and have a follow-up. I do do a live session. And I found that that's important. Mm -hmm. that a live, there has to be like that energy to come together mm -hmm. to talk about the next thing. And I, I tried to do something pre-recorded. This is a caveat to the it doesn't need to be live. I did try to do mm -hmm. my after challenge event as a pre-recorded thing as an experiment once. It didn't convert well. So it's kind of like okay. a webinar, a little bit like a webinar after the sure. event. But by then they've had wins. They've had touches with yep. you. They've put in the time and energy. It's like, it's not cold. It's really like, if they're there, they want to be there. Yes. And so here's what I saw. I track all kinds of metrics, including email. Oh, yeah. open You're a good rate. data person. Yeah. I love the data. Yes. Email open rates, completion rates. So I have a Google form that they fill out at the end of every lesson so I have this great spreadsheet of how many people finished each day. And I have little incentives for them to get to the end. There's a reward when they get to the end to like really mm -hmm. keep them with their eye, eye on the prize, staying consistent. I haven't yet tested what happens if I don't have any accountability rewards. So mm -hmm. I think they're making a difference, but I actually haven't tested that. I'm afraid to take it away completely. Okay. <laughs> So I do have rewards <laughs> that they're keeping it's in working. mind why they're trying to do all seven days and wrap it up at the end. Mm. And I've been getting like 45 to 50% completion. And Amazing. here's the other myth. They say, you better start pitching on day four because people start, attendance starts drifting. You know Checking what? Out. Attendance starts dropping. I'm going to say something bold because people aren't engaged start. with yeah. what you're teaching yeah. them. And because I have different content every day and I'm telling them keep showing up and they're experiencing the benefits and I have these rewards, they do show up. My curve of participation is almost flat. I mean, it starts out a little Amazing. higher, but it's almost flat. And then last time, the last round that I just did, my email open rates the week after were 68 to 78%. Wow. I'm like pausing to say, wait, is that right? So that sounds insane. <laughs> and that, and I start emailing only the people who haven't gone to the next thing yet. So by the middle okay. of the next week, I'm emailing only the non-buyers and I was getting mm -hmm. 70 plus percent open rate on those emails. So that wow. notion that after you've shown up every day, blah, 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 people are drifting away. There's just this natural attrition. That does not have to be the case. That's a sign that mm -hmm. you're not holding their attention. 
But when you really refine your process, and now I've done this over a dozen times, I just finished round 19. Like it wasn't quite Mm -hmm. this sticky the first time around. It was because of the rinse and repeat and refine and refine. I didn't change the actual practices, but all the packaging around it, emails, reminders, Mm -hmm. all of that, the prizes, I've been refining that. It's gotten tighter and tighter to where I can say like, if you're really engaging people with a paid challenge, you can expect to have up to 50% sticking around to the end. And even more than that, still curious to hear what you're going to tell them next, the week after. Yes. And that is very Because they already received so much value. Yeah. That's yeah. very different yes. from what we've been taught. Yeah. That is so true. There's so much permission giving that you have dropped here. And I'm hoping that anyone who's listening, who's considered a challenge in the past and maybe has done one, but it hasn't worked that well, or you've done one and it's depleted you, or you haven't done one because like me, you think it's got too many moving parts and it's too much of a high energy lift. I think that if you can listen to this piece from you, the, all of these pieces and parts that you've shared, how can you use or adapt what Natalie is dropping here? Because there's so much like about busting myths that we have just seen other people replicating and I think that your process is very, especially for those introverted entrepreneurs, which I meet a lot of intro- introverted entrepreneurs. And this like sounds like an absolute dream for them. Not to mention the efficacy, like the high conversions that you're talking about. The You don't have like a high curve in the middle where people are like, the engagement is high and then it goes low. Like you're really, you've got a flat, a flat curve here. It's kind mm-hmm. of incredible. So I think that you come with so much permission giving and proof. And it makes me feel excited about like the future of marketing because it doesn't have to be, you know, that you followed this guru and they've done it this way and they're telling you it's worked for them. Yes, but maybe they've got a huge list. Maybe they've got a huge team. But what if you're a single solo practitioner, you're an expert in your thing, you're not an expert in tech. I just feel like you've given so much gold here for people who want to try a new way to provide value and get paid for it, which is one of my absolute favorite things about everything you shared today. Yeah, yeah, it does feel good to have that, the cash flow happening because as creators, there's an energetic depletion when you're putting out and putting out, yes. putting out and you're not getting the return on your energy investment. And I totally, I think I really like what you're saying about, you know, the gurus tend to sell formulas that have a lot of things in them that aren't necessarily the core principles and their tactics. And so like yes. if I were to just think big picture, the principles that have been most important for the development of my challenges, mm-hmm. it's deliver transformation. That's not a new idea, but really, really focus on how you're going to deliver a strong transformational experience. And for a challenge event, any kind of series where you're going day after day, short, short, short. Try to do 15 to 20 minutes. If you go up to 30, that's okay. But try to be short. That helps people be able to succeed in showing up because people have busy lives. And then on the back end, I haven't talked about this here yet, but in my experimenting with how to pitch the offer on the back end, I think a critical piece that's made a difference between 25% conversion and 12% conversion for me has been... Mm -hmm really helping them see why 
a next thing is important after they had this amazing mm-hmm. success because it can yeah. easily feel like, whoa, you know, the clouds have parted, the angels are singing. <laughs> I don't want to rock the boat. I'm just going to go away with what I have because I feel so good, mm-hmm. especially when what I'm selling them is reducing your stress and now they feel they're on cloud nine. But I know, unfortunately, sure. that it takes more than a week to sustain these things. And so finding a way to help them understand why, even though this felt so good, it's really important to have the continuation to learn sure. more things about it. So that's so you a can piece maintain that it, yeah. even if your challenge is really good, it can still bomb on the conversions if you don't really yes. handhold through paint the future. Why the next thing is going to be important? Yeah, you know, without the doomsdaying, if you don't do this, this <laughs> totally. is for not, and you totally. waste your time, and you're destined for failure. You know, like, without doing that, like you can just go with this, and these are the reasons why the next thing will enhance this even further. Yeah. Okay, that's a great point to kind of. That's like the cherry on top because you have to help them see. It's like when you're on antidepressants, I don't know if you've ever been on antidepressants, but I have. And when you're on them, you feel so good and you're like, I don't need these freaking things anymore. And then you go off and you're like, why does my life suck? Oh, because you went off the antidepressants. But it's kind of like you have to help them see like what's beyond once real life, once you get home from vacation, once real life settles in again, seeing what's beyond that and how your program can continue this really good feeling, this transformation without the, oh, you know, the God forbids and the doomsday messaging. So I love that you added that in at the end. Yeah. And the, the antidepressant analogy is actually a good one is what I teach as a, as a therapist to my th- therapy clients who are going through things like that. It's like the antidepressants can help you have the energy to then do the things that the thing. over time could make it so that you actually don't need the antidepressants anymore. For some people, they will find that, but not if you just do that and then just stop that, right? You do that sure, and then sure. do the groundwork. And that's essentially what I do in my next program is all of the groundwork that helps sustain these things. Yeah. So yeah, really good. And they need metaphor. Yeah. Helping them see that is important. Natalie, how can people find you, whether it's on the wellness and fertility side or the online creator side, people who want to learn your rinse and repeat methods, where can people get in touch with you? So for creators, you can check out my rinseandrepeatchallenges.com website, which is still kind of in creation. The best place to kind of like connect with me and see me in action is my Challenges That Convert Facebook group. and. I just kind of share as I go everything I'm experimenting with. And I invite other people to share what they're doing and their challenges so we can kind of learn together. And on the health and wellness side, my fertilityfromthesoul.com website and my fertilityfromthesoul.com YouTube channel are the best ways to find me for fertility. And I also have a YouTube channel called Harmony Within, which is where I'm sharing my general wellness meditations and. Education. So as you can see, I'm kind of all over the place, but (laughs) yeah, that's okay. Not everything. I will make sure that all attention, but those are all the different places that you find me. (laughs) You're somehow making it work. I don't know. It's working for you. I will make sure all of those links are in the show notes. And I wanted to say again, thank you because you've unpacked so much for us to think about and how can we 
put this into our own businesses with our own niches and our own expertise, and maybe even do a challenge for something that's outside of our niche that might feel fun to do based on all of the things that you've unpacked today. So thank you for all of this. Thanks for having me, Jen. Super fun to be here. And I just love the concept. Your podcast is one of my favorites about just finding strategic ways to think about content that are aligned and nourishing to ourselves as creators. I really love that. Thank you so much. That's like huge compliment for me. All right. We will see you listener next time. Thank you for tuning in because I know there's a bajillion podcasts out there. And so thanks for listening to this one. I'll see you next week. Bye. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.